Welcome to The Rot Focus, a podcast for writers, newbies, and veterans, and everyone in between. We're hosted by M.A. Lee, with the assistance of Remy Black and Edie Runes, all from Writers, Inc. Books. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Each episode lasts as long as it takes to fix a quick dinner, grab a short commute, or take a brisk walk. Resources and links are in the show notes. Visit us at therockfocus.blogspot.com. Now, on to this week's episode. We're talking branding. In this episode, we take a second look at iconography. Um, what, you ask? Iconography is a fancy word that simply means writing with images or pictures. Our covers catch a reader not with a blazing image, but with an image that blazes with story. Capturing our story on the cover is key to reaching our readers. We can do this paying thousands of dollars to artists to paint a pivotal scene from our novel. Few of us can spend thousands of dollars. We don't need a scene, though. We need to present our niche market inside our genre. So don't panic. Some story ideas are not hard to convey. Others, though, are tricky. And that's our focus for this episode. Our example is Elizabeth Peters' first Amelia Peabody book. Iconography for a tricky cover with keys five and six. Let's go. Iconography as a key. Elizabeth Peters poses a particular problem which we discussed in the last section. The Amelia Peabody series by Elizabeth Peters is not as straightforward as Cadfile and Hillermann's Leaphorn Chi series. Cadfile is relatively simple, stained glass, religious hints, and danger. One of Amelia Peabody's key element tags is snark. How do you convey snark on a cover? Marketing get, didn't get the covers for the Amelia Peabody series right the first or the second time. Third time's charm, thankfully, and that's when the series took off. Tricky book covers. Elizabeth Peters, who is the third side of our triangle of successful series, poses a particular problem. Her Amelia Peabody series focused on archaeologists among the ruins of the pyramids. Easy enough. But the other distinguishing element that would tag the series is Amelia's particular personality. Amelia Peabody is special because of her snarkiness. Snark is an attitude of mocking sarcasm. That's close to what I mean about Amelia. I can't think of a better word. If you can, please let me know. The setting of the turn of the century Egypt offers extensive iconography for cover images, pyramids, Anubis, Nefertiti's bust, and a mummy's coffin. Archaeologists have their tools of the trade and holes to be dug and tarps to place over the diggings. Yet how can a book cover bring across the snarky personality of the protagonist? What will distinguish Elizabeth Peters' protagonist from other crime solvers on the shelves? What will instantly identify an Amelia Peabody mystery? Key 5 convey tone through image. Tone is extremely difficult to convey through image. 
the wrong image can quickly turn a mystery into something else. Cozy mysteries, currently flooding the market, are using flat, cartoon-style images to create the feel of light comedy that is so much a part of the modern cozy. The classic cozy mystery was merely a murder within an enclosed community. Three big names in the mystery genre, names that still pull readers decades upon decades after their deaths, had cover images that cleverly conveyed tone. Take a look at any early cover for Agatha Christie, Rex Stout, and Earl Stanley Gardner. As I remarked earlier, these writers are also your competition. The other new writers on the shelves, whether those shelves are electronic or wooden, are competing with them too, not with you, not with each other. Many Agatha Christie novels are considered cozies, such as The Body and the Library. The story is dark, not lighthearted, for murder is not an opportunity for laughter. The earliest cover is appropriately dark, with a woman's body tumbled onto the floor, her blonde hair and pale skin appearing to leap off the dark cover. Jewels sparkle, implying wealth and glamour. The three tags for the reader are murder, glamour, and Christie's name by now around two decades into her career, well known and selling the books just as much as the covers are. The cover for the 1947 issue of Rex Stout's Alphabet Hicks is an unrealistic cartoon with a silhouetted couple fleeing from a monstrous music LP disc. The book was published as an original Dell map back with the back cover offering a map of the location of the murder. This time it's a wooded area with a few buildings. Other Dell map backs had drawings of estates, apartment buildings, and city blocks. The map backs are intriguing. Alphabet Hicks, the one for Rex Stout, announces more than one murder, a laboratory for nefarious experiments, and several byways for mysterious meetings. The front cover lets us know we have the music industry and a couple endangered by that industry. The three tags are music, lovers in danger, and murder. While not marketed as such, the Perry Mason mysteries could be considered old-definition cozy mysteries, Many know Earl Stanley Gardner's very successful Perry Mason series from the classic television show, Paul Drake Was a Hunk. The three tags for these two books especially are Salacious Steam, Beautiful Woman in Jeopardy, and Murder, Amelia Peabody, and Key Five. The Crocodile on the Standbank was the first Amelia Peabody that I encountered 20 years after its original publication date. I was lucky to find the book back in that mall chain store. It was the only Elizabeth Peters in the store. Was that popularity? Or was that mall booksellers not promoting a reprint of a book? On reading the manuscript, it would be easy to say Woman in Jeopardy as one of the tags. For the beautiful young woman traveling with Amelia is placed in grave danger. Yet with a marketplace flooded with old-style gothics, do you want to put a strong-minded Amelia with those damsels in distress? Had I been Elizabeth Peters, I would have pulled my hair out and cried, No, no, no! We do have a love story, very much off stage, no steam. And while romance is a reason for the two ladies to remain with the archaeologist with whom they fall in love, 
The romance is not a driving element of the story. No lovers in danger. And murder? The book is in the mystery aisle. There has to be a murder. It's practically a given. People have complained when they read a mystery without a murder. It's easy to see the first two tags that form the Amelia Peabody series, Archaeology and Egypt. The third tag, and the one that will keep readers returning, for 20 books from 1975 to 2017, is Amelia's Snark. The edition that starts the ball rolling for the series comes in 1992. Thereafter, the iconography stays virtually the same. Marketing in 1992 chooses to go with a cover of saturated blues and apricots. A crocodile slithers over burning sand toward pyramids, our danger in Egypt key. A pith helmet lies discarded on the sandy dunes, archaeology in the desert. The stark imagery creates a clear-cut view of danger and of loneliness, of the exotic foreignality, and of history. And the imagery is not realistic, not surrealistic, not cartoonish, not romanticized, not like anything else on the shelves. By 1992, with several Amelia Peabody novels to give guidance, marketing figured out the promotion. With the 1992 edition, marketing is announcing that Amelia Peabody is a heroine like no other on the shelves in a location that is both exotic and dangerous, with the danger off the page, but still real and very evident. Between the first and second Amelia Peabody books is six years. That first book must have been a tough sell, both for Elizabeth Peters to her publishing house and for the marketing division for the readers. Between the second and third is four years. After that, no more than three years occurred between books, and that's writing time. Peters came back and back to Amelia, and eventually enough readers were lured in by the covers to grab a book, read the back blurb, grin to themselves, and buy. Because who is not looking for something light and amusing, not something comic, amusing? I started reading Amelia in the 1990s, about eight books into the series. After the first two, the rest were automatic buys. The brand changed gradually over time. The books got step-back covers. The Egyptian iconography dominated. The imagery became a little more realistic as well as glitzy with touches of gold. The series became popular enough to run through 20 books from 1975 to 2017. Elizabeth Peters, under this pseudonym and others, wrote over 50 books from 1966 to her death in 2013. Her last Amelia Peabody was published posthumously. Why did the Amelia Peabody books become so popular? The answer is Amelia's voice, filled with snark, representing her wit and her determination. Such a character voice like snarkiness is difficult to convey through images. And that's our key six, Viva la Difference. If you have an unusual protagonist or setting or crime, then highlight those with your cover. If everyone is doing it, do something else. Tweak it slightly. Don't be like everyone else on the shelf, physical or electronic. Think outside the box.
And now we reach our problem, the trickiness. By now, if you're paying attention, you have realized that keys five and six require the reader to peruse the blurb description, either on the back of the physical books or the text accompanying the thumbnail image of the book in the ebook distributor. If you didn't mull over my comments, then the words thumbnail image should have clued you in to the additional problem. When we have to resort to the blurb description for the three elements of the story, we've asked the browsing reader to stop and look beyond the cover. Most readers won't take time for that. The iconography, therefore, has to be strong. Whatever we can convey through iconography must be powerful enough to capture the reader so they will take the second and third glances needed to purchase the book we want to sell. And thumbnail images are often too small to convey a lot of detailed information, especially if your browsing device is small. The browsing reader must again stop and look beyond the cover. How do we get the reader to stop in the first place? That's the role of clever titling and cover copy, which is our focus in the next section. All through July and August, the right focus is in a series on branding using Emily Lee's guidebook, Discovering Your Author Brand. A link to view images of the covers discussed is in the show notes. Worksheet templates and a video trailer script are available at Buy Me A Coffee. Find that link also in the show notes. Thanks for listening to The Right Focus, a podcast for writers at all levels, hosted by Emma Lee from Writers Inc. Books, assisted by Remy Black and Edie Runes. Our focus is productivity, process, craft, and tools. Music is licensed through Audio Jungle called Background Music Loop. Its creator is Alexander Polishchuk, known on Audio Jungle as Plastic 3. The music comes in different iterations. Show notes and resource links for this and other episodes can be found at therightfocus.blogspot.com. Write to us at winkbooks at aol.com when you have questions, comments, and speculations. We will try to answer you as quickly as possible. By the way, we will not mind your email address. That's rude. If you find value in our content, share with your writing friends or write a review. We're small beans here without the advertising budget of the big peeps, and you can make a difference. And whatever occurs, right on.